Welcome to Starting From Zero, the podcast where we talk with social media creators from all walks of life and hear their stories of why they started their accounts, how they built their audience, and how they turned their passion into their career. Everyone starts with zero. In this episode, I talk with brothers Jonathan and Nathan, the creators behind the YouTube channel Method Box. They spent the past three years testing out video ideas, figuring out what they like to make videos about, and learning the ins and outs of the YouTube algorithm. Having gone through a recent rebrand in their content, Method Box can finally say they feel like they've found the rhythm. Having amassed almost 8,000 subscribers on their channel, the boys at Method Box are excited to be diving into the business of the modern entrepreneur and sharing what they learn along the way. This is actually the longest episode of the podcast to date, and Jonathan and Nathan give a lot of good insights, so I hope you enjoy this episode of the Starting From Zero podcast. Hello. Hey, Hello. how's it going, man? How's it it's going? going? How you doing? How are you? Oh, what, what's up, guys? I'm doing well. I, uh, so, or what's up? Yeah. I was going to say, so we, we got all this set up. We got a camera, and we have a mixer, and we have mics. We kind of want to finish off our overall check with you how does it look on your end how does it are we in focus how does it sound you guys sound good to me i think all right yeah, we're I good everything's good on our end sorry we're running a little late we're just trying to get everything set up because we wanted it to look as good as possible we're like wait is this gonna be a video uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well i, I appreciate literally it, like though. two seconds after we sent that yeah, we looked on your page i was like oh wait yeah it does this video <laughs> well i appreciate you guys going all out that's a uh, that's cool yeah for yeah, sure of course but yeah, so this whole project is, uh, I'm basically just like reaching out to different uh, creative people and trying to hear their stories about like why they started, what that process was like, uh, why we do what we do. And um, so I'm just kind of curious to, like as a, an aspiring creator myself, like I'm interested to hear other people's stories about why they did it. So uh, nice. for anybody, what, uh, yeah. what podcast number are you on? Uh, I think you guys are probably, I think are like number eight, I think uh, oh, around sweet. there. Well, you've already had some great guests. Yeah. I mean, we saw uh, Esprit and uh, yeah, Audrey. Yeah, yeah. two yeah, of our favorites. Really cool. They were like, they were so awesome to, you know, they were like my you know, second and third person to to do this project. So, um, yeah, they were awesome. How uh, did you hear about Esprit? How, how'd you get a hold of her? So I think uh, I was looking on uh, Cody Wander's page for different uh, people like who had a YouTube uh, link in their bio. And mm. if, uh, if they had a link in their bio, I was like, they're probably, you know, they're, they're creative. So I'm going to hit them up and see if they'd be down to do this. Like I'm, I'm starting from zero. So I'm just trying to reach out to people who are kind of like at the same level and, uh, some people that I watched myself as well. So, um, kind of like, and then I think she messaged me and was like, uh, and when I followed her, I, she was like, oh, you know, love what you're doing. Um, and I just like, you know, I'm, I'm asking everybody and anybody who can, who wants to be on. So, uh, she, yeah. uh, she was totally down. Um, yeah, she's definitely kind of like you. She's she's interested in hearing about people's story. You know, well, as you know, she has mm-hmm. two two podcasts, and um, right. yeah, we were actually on her podcast. We did a video on her. Right. It was yeah, like, I, saw, I, guess, I saw your video when I was looking up uh, like kind of some backstory on uh, on her. So yeah, how you guys link up. Well, same, Cody. Um, he was on her podcast and then we were kind of like you kind of wondering how, um, we were, we were just seeing when we started our channel, we were more focused on branding is what we said. Just like, we thought that was like an overall, um, niche, even though it's not really a a niche niche 
Um, Such a strange word. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's but what's cool about it is that you can. It's like an umbrella of how you can interact with anybody because everyone is building something. So in the beginning, when we were maybe a little bit more directionless, um, we were just like, let's just reach out to people. And she stood out to us as one of those like go-getter entrepreneurial mm-hmm. spirit. And uh, we spent a really fun weekend with her. And uh, we, it was like a really introspective. We had mm-hmm. like, it got like pleasantly dark at times. There was some <laughs> highs in there. Yeah, it was, uh, it was what you would want out of meeting a stranger, spending 48 hours with them and then mm-hmm. coming out the other side and being like, wow, you're, you're pretty dope, human. Yeah, very yeah. cool. So you went to like a conference that she was speaking at? Is that right? Yeah, or? yeah it was yeah. in Venice. It was like at this uh, venue. It was like in a basement, actually. It's kind of weird. But it was like obviously like an LA type thing. It, yeah. it wasn't like creepy or anything. I think it was FreshBooks. Okay. Yeah, she was, oh, she yeah, was speaking right. at it. Um, okay. But, uh, by the way, are we recording? Or are we? Is this it? Are we on the podcast? Yeah, basically, we're, got, we're, we're, in it. we're going. This is happening. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. I kinda, okay. Uh, yeah, I kind of literally just like I have it auto recording whenever uh, a call starts. Um, oh, nice. Oh, sweet. And then just go. Like, uh, I don't really have yeah. like any, any notes or like any prepared questions. It's kind of just awesome. like conversation. Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, nice. You know, I do some right. research, like following up on what people are doing. And I like, think, you know, I feel it's so crazy. Like that's how people are communicating, like get their message across these days is posting these, like whatever platforms, these specific ones that have attention right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And like, that's how you get to know people. Yeah. So um, the creative, so the creative process or, or why we're, why we're prone to creating and, and making it a, a public thing. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start like, uh, you know, when you made your, your YouTube channel, like your Gmail and decided to like create, you know, click create channel. Like what was, what were you guys thinking in that time? Well, Nathan, started, Nathan technically started the official channel. Oh yeah. Well, it, yeah, it actually started before I even moved out here to Los Angeles. Um, okay. I, I was, I had a tech channel on YouTube mm-hmm. that I created for myself where I was just like, uh, reviewing laptops and like I had bought a new laptop with Christmas money. So I reviewed it and just making those types of videos. It was called tech hunt. And okay. I probably started it in when it was like 2017. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it was right before you came out here. Yeah. And, uh, that video actually had like, I think right now we, we ended up making it private. It's got like 66 K views. No, so, Nathan, I, f- I feel like you're being a little bit modest about this. Nathan, on his second video ever, he started this Tech Hunt okay. channel. On his second yeah. video, so at the time he was 19, and, right. uh, or, or maybe you were even 18 turning 19, and his second video ever, he reviewed this laptop, the best budget laptop, and he was so, um, like, just knowing when, like, I guess your instinct as to what to even make a video on. Mm-hmm. People, a bunch of college kids were looking at the time Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, for laptops. Well, it seems so obvious because it was like the best laptop on Amazon, like almost objectively. It, it was okay. like the best bang for your buck. So I was like, okay, I'll review it. And of course, because it's like, you know, the internet and Amazon, right. other people like start to understand this is like the best laptop. So then people naturally start to search for it. And mm-hmm. it this man gets 66,000 views on this video, his second video ever within wow. the first two months. <laughs> and looking back, because we, we're, we're very much uh, students of YouTube, students mm-hmm. of the algorithm. We probably try to figure it out every day, try to crack this code, yeah. uh, analyzing and adjusting and experimenting. And to think that you got that many views 
Cause we try really hard to get views yeah, on our videos, you know, <laughs> just like but, any YouTuber. Yeah. yeah so, right. so it really, uh, it, it was a, a very interesting move for us to say, we're going to start over. We're going to take your channel. We're going to take your 142 subscribers that you amass. And that's going to be mm. our foundation. And we're going to privatize your initial eight videos and yeah. including that laptop video. And we're going to just start over. And our first tech uh, video is called starting over. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that awesome. was once, and that's once I moved out here and then I started living with Jonathan, uh, cause he was, is still in the process of buying this house because I was living mm -hmm. out here. So he, he uh, lived with a roommate at the time, which we still live with her now, but, um, there was only two bedrooms. So we had to get a bigger house. And, uh, in that time is when we decided to start the YouTube channel. And it was like, um, it was probably almost three years, like two and a half years, right? Ago that we started it. Yeah, it was April. Well, when we were really serious about hunkering down and let's try to post videos consistently, mm -hmm. it was April of 2018. So we just, we were like, it's just over two years into the channel. Yeah. Nice. Um, and it's been quite the, the journey. I don't know if I, looking back, it's just so much work. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. Like if you really want to succeed, you really have to have to be that. consistent at that level yeah. which is right. it's hard it's always been hard for us to be consistent with our videos we we've tended to overproduce our videos which tend to resonate with people but at mm -hmm. the same time it's hard to keep that that spirit going and youtube the name of the game is you, you have to post at least once a week at least yeah right. because it's true that you do want to have like good content so you could stand out and like rise to the top it's like the cream mm -hmm. rises to the top kind of idea but you have to also balance it with the idea of like maintaining a relationship with the audience because after a certain extent, like audience does care more about like checking in with you and like, they don't really care about like if it's super, super duper highly produced more so than mm -hmm. they just want to hang out with you that week or something. Right. So it was kind of difficult for us to really realize that, but I would say the more, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say the more that we have been doing this YouTube thing, the, the more we are starting to realize that. Well, and the more me, I personally, I, I feel like I kind of was holding us back from, from a lot of growth. Or, oh, no. What Nathan, you're talking about, about mm -hmm. the let's just post and let's just be present. Uh, I came from a film background and I, I had my nose up to YouTube and Nathan opened my eyes to it. And then uh, in the beginning, it was very, uh, the reason why we were overproducing was, um, just it was like an artistic integrity thing, you know? Mm -hmm. So just kind of letting go like a little that. bit of uh, perfectionism uh, in that way. Well, or? For sure. And of course, like done is better than perfect. We've all heard that, mm -hmm. but uh, no, it's just more of pride and ownership of the body of work that, that you put out and, and treating like everything that you put out. You just want to be, it's not going to be perfect. We know that, but you just want to be proud of it. And, and we know that's going to live on and that's going to be added to the catalog. Right. And in the beginning, it was very much me being like, no, it's, <laughs> we, we have to live up to this bar, mm -hmm. this artistic bar. And so, like I said, people resonated with the quality, but at the same time, we were restricted from being consistent posters. Yeah. When did you decide to like sort of let go of that? That's um, actually what I was about to say. Uh, mm -hmm. the, I, I think us over the years having conversations with like fellow creators and going to like these conferences like vid summit or talking to like the daryl eaves um mm -hmm. they've really showed us that you can do the things that we want to do and like still maintain that integrity but you have to do it in a lens where you're balancing 
both things because you still need something to kind of garner the intention of an audience and whatever that thing is, whatever you do choose uh, for that to be your lever that you pull and and reach with. Um, once you have that, then you can get creative within those bounds, basically. Like you need to create almost like a, a like you have to be contained and like have a, um, arena, an arena. And then within that arena, once people understand that you're the go-to person for like a certain thing, then you can start mm-hmm. having fun with it. So it's really about like building that for yourself. That way you can have that freedom. Right. Did you feel think, like you are uh, like when you were initially you make that laptop uh, tech review video? Like, did you innately know uh, to do that, or was like and the timing be correct, or is no, that something? No, I, I would say that one was like more of luck at the time, just because it was like my biggest purchase at the time. I was just buying a laptop. I was buying it anyway, and I had kind of like mm-hmm. this YouTube bug. So I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna make this video about it, and it just so happened to be like trending at the time. And right. I guess like I just titled it correctly and used the right tags and. Cause at the time, like I would, I don't know nearly as much as I know about YouTube right now, but funny enough, funnily enough, that's when I was getting the views. Well, that's before yeah, I did like, I, like, I, I think you're right about, I think you're right about instinct. Yeah. You were just mm-hmm. letting the, the supercomputer kind of just navigate. Yeah. You. Like it's almost like, okay, what would I search kind of thing versus like right. trying to get super analytical about everything, you know? Yeah. But I, I also feel that in the beginning for you, it was, it was very much you just wanting to, like it, it wouldn't have mattered what you would have made a video on. You kind of just wanted to make a video. Or yeah, yeah, for you sure. You just wanted to be on YouTube. Mm. Yeah, I, re- I remember editing like a little, in, except I was originally from Chicago before I moved out here and, and there's uh, on Lower Wacker Drive, it's like this underground. If you've seen the movie Batman, when he's like driving through the, through, like the streets and it's like, come on, hit me. In right. Arkham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically me, me and my friends would go down to like that area sometimes and there would be like car drifters, like people that would like do like drifting and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I remember recording a video, posting it on Facebook and it almost like going viral on Facebook. And I was like, this was awesome to make. I'm just going to keep doing this, but on YouTube and like make my own videos. And right. I, so I think that was the bug that I was trying to, the, the scratch I was trying to itch at that time. Um, Interesting. As, as far as uh, this transition from letting go of of overproducing our videos and being more consistent posters mm-hmm. of course that has to do with finding the balance within uh quality and quantity but i would say more so i mean we all understand just being consumers out in the world listening to to artists that are trying to make a business out of it that it is definitely to bring that word back balancing um, art and business and that's uh, when we were so artistic integrity heavy i think it was letting go of that and understanding the business side of it the business side of it is you kind of do have to be formulaic Um, especially in today's day where there's so much information and content on so all the all these platforms it really just if you think of it from a psychological point of view like let's just say your your favorite tiktoker because you know you're 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 scrolling and every 10 minutes you're seeing you know 30 to 40 videos. So what ends up happening is someone does something and it, it kind of tickles you in a certain way. It's the way they said something. It's the way it's the way the image was presented. And then you might see them again two weeks later and they're kind of still doing the same thing, but it, it triggers that, Oh, right. It's that person that kind of made that did something to me two weeks ago. And when you keep experiencing that over the months, you start to say, okay, I'm going to follow this person on, on their journey as an artist, more so because I like when they do that thing, I like how it makes me feel. So I'm going to keep revisiting this person. I feel like that's why it's so easy to grow on TikTok because it's almost like as soon as you go on the app, all you have to do is this 
and then you're being presented new profiles and new people and new trends versus like a platform like YouTube or any other platform where it's like you want to look into somebody, you actually have to invest the time to like search them up, click on the video, pick or like pick a video, click on it, that commit to it versus like the for you page just feeds it to just you. Being told what to and, watch. And it's like yeah. via via algorithm, it just kind of knows already what you're gonna be into and it's gonna like sure. reserve you that creator that you saw last week and like there you go, they're doing the same thing. So now you're more invested mm-hmm. and all you have to do is one click and now you're on the so, profile. Right. Initially when I reached out to you guys, you said you were in the middle of a rebrand. So this would be like a good time to mm, kind of right. talk it out. Um what is it yeah. that you guys want to be known for then with your content? Well I, I think it kind of came naturally because for a while, Jonathan and I were trying to figure out because we realized that, like I said earlier, you have to have that thing. And then once you're in that thing, then you can right. kind of do whatever you want. We we're trying to figure out, okay, like what is that thing for us? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, should, we, should you want to go into like the whole? Yeah, I think we should I think yeah, just be about uh, transparent about everything. So um, it's been quite the journey. Yes, it has come natural, but it also has been a lot of work, like actual um, uh, intentional work to figure it out. And, and the name of the game is identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to figure out this business side. What is the thing that we're going to present over and over and over again as our brand? Um, we've tried a lot of things, especially in quarantine. So uh, I think, okay, so in the beginning, people resonated with, we like your vibe. We don't really know what it is. We know that you're kind of messing with entrepreneurs and, and you say mm-hmm. that you're, you want to see what it takes to build a brand and you're using yourself as an example. Okay, cool. Every video, it was like a variety hour, every video we would post. And, and I liked it. Yeah. Because there was almost like an air of mystery behind there was an, us, right? There was an air of mystery. Like, we're kind of new, but we were like collaborating with like a lot of bigger YouTubers. Yeah. So almost immediately. Like, which it was, was, it was like, who, who are these guys? And like, how did they, figure out a way to get in touch with all these people. But every video is different from an artistic point of view. The format was different and uh, we, we were creatively satisfied and we were doing these collabs, but that didn't lend itself to growth. Um, mm-hmm. So I think, I think if quarantine didn't happen back in March, I think we would have probably kept doing what we were doing, just putting out videos, kind of rudderless, directionless without thinking what this lockdown has enabled us to do is just really stop and think and be like, okay, let's actually give this thought. We took Daryl Eves's uh, channel jumpstart course. And that really starts with, all right, what's your identity? So what are other channels you like? And not only that, but in having conversations with other uh, of our uh, creator friends or YouTube friends, uh, because we all, we talk about this a lot. We realize that uh, there's so many factors. There's like, there's the ease factor. How, how frequently you have to have an idea your, as your identity, you have to be able to produce something where the ideas just come to you or we can almost just sit here and within an hour roll out the next 10 videos that we're going to do. So we, we need the ease factor. We have to have our own personal motivation. At, at one point we were self-development a couple of months ago. Yeah. Where we we're going to try like a Machiavello approach to things because we were the filmmaker. Okay. And, but then doing all these challenges in our own life, you know, uh, we're going to meditate every day for 30 days. We're going to do that. We're going to wake up. I ran up. a 5k every day. 5K. And then you were going to do a push up one. I was like, I don't want to make a push up, push up video. <laughs> like, I, I don't, I, I completed the challenge. I did it, uh-huh. but right. having to make a video about it, it was just like, I don't care about push ups. Why should people care about push ups? So anyway, it was like the own personal motivator factor is the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing is like those videos, they do really good on YouTube. So it was like, that was right. it, it. So it was almost like us going through this like gauntlet of trying to figure out 
how can we succeed? So it's like, first, like, what do other people want? And then like, we tried that and we realized, okay, maybe that like, sure, that might get a lot of views, but we don't feel creatively fulfilled. Right. And then, it, and then it was like continuing on this journey. So, so where do you find that balance? Right. That's the, that's the key. Well, I think we've, yeah, I think we've landed in a place that we feel really comfortable with that answers all the questions. Now we were in a kind of a low place, not that long ago, maybe like a month and a half ago where uh, Nathan was even, Nathan uh, had an injury. He fell off his bike. Uh, hmm. Want to just give a little yeah, um, backstory to that? So actually during that whole self-development phase that we were going through, I was trying this, <clears throat> this next video after my running video that was, uh, I was going to fast for seven days, right? I was just going to eat anything for a week. And I was, right. like, I was like day three in. And um, my car at the time was getting uh, fixed because like the AC had, had gone out, so I was getting it repaired. And, um, so I was on my bike and I decided to go on a bike ride because I had to run some errands and as I'm riding my bike, it was one of those bikes that like you buy online and you assemble it yourself. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it, it was like, I don't know, like $120. It's not like the fanciest bike, whatever. Um, anyway, so I'm riding my bike, right. And as I'm riding my bike, I'm going down the street and I guess like when I was assembling it, I didn't properly tighten everything. Uh, okay. so, it's, so it's my fault. Uh, so I'm riding the bike and as I'm riding the handlebar starts to become loose. There's this bolt that connects the handlebars to like the front gear of the bike where the tire is. So my, my handlebars are straight, but my tire turns this way and I try to like turn it. So it like gets straight again and it's just loose. So I'm just doing this and nothing's happening. And next thing I know, like I'm turning into the street and I go down the curb and I fall forward over my bike, stick my arms out to break my fall. And I like, I get a, this thing called an elbow effusion where like this fatty uh, sack of like water, I don't even know what it is, like by your joint, like popped. And I had to go to the emergency room and I was like in two casts for like, oh, two weeks like this. Oh my God. Use my arms. So during that time, it was kind of a depressing time around the house. Nathan was like, yeah. in his room, secluded. Oh well, yeah, also like coronavirus. You know, I mean, yeah, right. but so we've gone through help. we've gone through waves of of experiencing lockdown in 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 a lot of colorful ways. But that that one was mm-hmm. like the time where the shades were drawn, and, like, <laughs> and right. we're and I I don't want to make a push up video and. So I can't even take a shower over here. It's my arm. So I, I was like, Jeez. okay, I'm going to, I, I really, uh, Nathan was starting to say, say things like, yeah, I don't even know if I like want to keep doing YouTube. I don't know. I'm like interested <laughs> in these other things like finance. And this and that. Right. I'm like, you know, I really did feel that we've come such a long way. We put so much time into these videos. We've had so many wonderful experiences with people and, and so many sleepless t- nights making these videos and editing them and uh, really putting yourself out there for two years, two and a half years. And, it almost feels like a stock, you know, like that's the whole, the whole thing is you investing, investing, investing in yourself. Exactly. Yeah. At some point it's going to, you know, it'll yeah. hit and then it will, it will have made up your investment, you know, return on investment. So, uh, I was like, Nathan, we have a stock here. It's about to hit. I need to figure this out. So I spent a good three to four days just kind of taking all of our notes of everything mm-hmm. that we've talked about and all the conversations with other creators. And then I realized that the answer was kind of just, in front of us the entire time. It was just an extension of what we had already been doing. So you take this idea of, of what it's, uh, what does it take to build a brand? 
And this idea of being able to collaborate with entrepreneurs and figure out their stories. Cause we, we fancy ourselves investigators. We like going out into the world. That's another thing that I was kind of bummed about with the self-development route was that we weren't going to get to go out there and, and have mm-hmm. adventures and experience things. Just the worst time for that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. So um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I was like, Oh, Nathan says he wants to get into personal finance. That's still health development and that's still entrepreneurial. And I think that's when we were like, Oh, that's just it. Why don't we just focus on that as our niche, still be the investigator, still be the filmmakers, but now we're personal or now we're uh, personal finance. And I I, kind of think where that came from was because it's personal finance, but it's like personal finance as it relates to what we say, like the modern entrepreneur. So like influencers Mm -hmm. or just like pop culture. So like we made a video about how much Joe Rogan's going to save moving to Texas or what's going on. Yeah, I like that video. TikTok TikTok versus Trump or just like things that are happening within social media or pop culture that relates to finance. And I think that came naturally because I found that the conversations that Jonathan and I were having were about these these things that were happening within the space, you know, our whole community is creators and influencers, people that have built like a platform for themselves. And so we're just constantly surrounded by it. So when we see fellow creators or friends or just other influencers doing like brand deals or making money or, or doing cross platform stuff, or just like big moves that are kind of like new in this, this modern entrepreneurial era, it kind of inspires us. And it gets us thinking of like the potential that this industry has. And like, we just find ourselves having that conversation just naturally all the time of like, Oh, do you see what this person did? Or like, this is huge because like, because they did this, this means that now they can do all this other stuff. So I think that was another reason that we were like, oh, we're just because we're talking about this all the time. Like, it's interesting to us. What if we just incorporate that with this whole personal finance aspect of the channel? And then like, we could go that route. Yeah. I also think that not only is it niche, it's the thing that we wanted to do with branding initially, not only is it niche, but it's something that anyone could watch, which that's, right. that's when, you know, we're, we're having this talk because there was one point in this journey of, of figuring out our identity where we were like, I think we figured it out let's do, let's be like the film instructors because that's, you know, it'd be easy to make those videos. And I think mm-hmm. we were talking to our, our friend, Alex, Alex Gassaway. And then she's like, well, well, actually what it was is we were excited kind of, we were doing a zoom call. We we're excited to break the news to her. Like we figured it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had, we, we had seen that she had posted her last 10 videos were uh, film instructor type videos and they were doing really well. And we were, we were okay. basically going to make it official and say, Hey, we're joining the ranks. And, um, so we, we called her to, to tell her and then we're like, but how's it going for you doing all the film stuff? She's like, I hate it. <laughs> really? <It's> like, <laughs> doing this, pigeoning, pigeonholing yourself into this. Like imagine, imagine three years down the line, how are you going to feel about having to make a tutorial on the next Sony camera or whatever? And we're like, mm-hmm. kind of really deflated us, but in a good way, we're like, yeah, you're right. And she was like, you guys need to think bigger. So anyway, yeah. What's your story? What, what, what do you want to be? We're like, right. Call you back tomorrow. <laughs> it was funny too because it almost seemed like the obvious decision for us to go that route because that's kind of like what people know us for is like the filmmakers, the like storytellers. And that's kind of like what everybody in our community and in our space is into. So it seemed like the obvious route. And it was almost like a wake up call when we had that conversation with Alex because it was like, wait a second, there's like, take a step back. There's like a, a different way to look at this whole situation. It's like, why, why go for that type of channel that can only get like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like, think of that viral, like, like the film instructor, look at their, the Peter McKinnon's and the mango streets, look at their viral video. What's their high, their biggest viewed video. And then look at the Matthew Bellas or, or people that they have that niche, but they can reach, you could share your video with your mom. Yeah. You know, it's like, like a viral mm-hmm. video for, 
for for let's say Peter McKinnon is like 10 million views, but a viral video for Mr. Beast is 100 million views, you know? And that's, right. on the, that's way on the other end of the yeah, spectrum. Yeah, so it's like too extreme. Obviously, it's like an extreme, but yeah, it's like so, the idea of like go harder and like try to reach for bigger. faster, like more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you guys are also like, yeah, you're niching down, but there's a, a lot, it's a pretty, it's like a lot broader of a, you know, topic that you guys can talk about a lot of different things versus just filmmaking and, you know. Yeah, for sure. Game. I don't know if you know this too, but uh, finance and real estate channels, they, and tech channels too, actually, they have a higher CPM. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. So it's actually, uh, that's why you kind of see this rise of a lot of like finance YouTubers is for that very reason. It's like, right. because it, it all depends on the ads that are placed on the video. So mm-hmm. if you have like a finance video, you're probably going to get like a Shopify ad or like an ad from a bank or like an investment firm or something like that. And usually those companies have a lot more money to play with. Like it's a bank, you know, of course they have more right. money. So they'll be willing to pay more money for an ad, which in turn makes it so you end up getting more money from said ads. So that's why okay. there kind of seems to be like the surge of personal finance YouTubers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the Shelby and, churches and the, yeah, like the, Grant, yeah, exactly. Grant the Graham Stephens yeah. or like mm-hmm. the Andre. Jim. And, and so we've posted three videos and this has been the test because okay. we, we can have the idea of, we think this is where we want to go, but it's not until you start making them. Then you're like, and so far, so good. We feel pretty good about it. We've only been focused on the influencer part of the mm-hmm. entrepreneurship. But we definitely want to, the next few videos we want to make uh, be like finance based, or be um, real estate based, be stock based, um, and an actual personal finance based. Okay, so. nice. That's exciting uh, to like be a part of, you're like trying to actually figure out what your you know, niche is going to be and then executing and finding out more like what people are wanting, getting feedback and like that's, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like every week now where it's kind of like an exper- a new experiment that we're trying because it's like there's always something a little different that we do and then we see how it like how it performs via like on the algorithm or how people personally react to it or mm-hmm. even just our workflow, like trying to figure out um, like what needs to get done by a certain time or like who does what or how we divvy up the time. It's like every mm-hmm. week there's something new to be learned. So even if it's like where we're like, two years or however long we are into this it's still like wow there's literally every time you post a video there's always something else you could learn it's right. kind of amazing it's all one big science experiment for sure yeah yeah and you touched on uh, something as well that i wanted to ask you guys because uh like doing this project and i've attempted other kinds of creative uh endeavors on youtube and like it's just been me throughout this process so far so to be a part of a duo and like being able to split up that kind of work and uh work together and you know brainstorm and uh, all that kind of stuff. Like how has being a part of uh, a duo, a creative duo kind of uh, been a benefit or a drawback? Like what are, what's been your process with it? I don't know how people do this on their own. <laughs> yeah. I, be, you're wearing so lonely. many hats. You're, you go into, I'm going to be a YouTuber thinking you're going to throw a camera up. You're a cinematographer, you're a director, you're a producer, you're an actor. That part's probably been the hardest for us, the performance mm-hmm. part. You're an editor, you're a colorist, you're a sound mixer, then you're, and then you're a, you're a promoter. You know, there's, you're so, wearing so many hats and uh, it's, I mean, maybe if your videos are just, I'm going to throw a camera up whenever I feel inclined to do so and then whatever it is, I just go post it. And, and maybe that's better, I don't know. Uh, have you guys had like experience working creatively just by yourselves uh, to bring to working in a duo as well? 
yeah, I think Jonathan and I come from different spaces where he's more of the traditional filmmaker and I'm more like raised in the YouTube and just internet age. So mm-hmm. because we have those two different backgrounds, we're able to bring different elements to the table. And I think it helps because, for example, like when it comes down to time to create a thumbnail, like I might be super sold on something and be like, this is it. And then it's like, that can't be, that's not enough because now I have to sell it to my partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> although that could be kind of like nervous or I could feel like, Oh no, like now I have to sell it to somebody and I have to do good, do, do a good job pitching it to somebody, even though I know this is like the right thing. It almost forces me to like sh- get a, a fresh eyes on it. So then I can have to then ask myself like, wait, can this be better? So it, mm-hmm. it probably does help, even though in the short term it does seem kind of like, uh, but it's in a- the long term, it definitely like, it's a good thing to have. It's a check checks and balance system that is very necessary that is every creative decision that's happening throughout the entire from even just talking about what idea are we going to do this week to and everything in between to the very end it's a check and balance system and it's it's really emotionally draining because you do have to sell the other person on it yeah yeah because it's not like if you just like sometimes you have that gut feeling you're like this is it but then it's like the next level of having to sell it which Mm -hmm. which like i said it's in the long run it's good to have and um, especially with like workflow stuff, when just trying to like add the actual amount of work, the fact that we can split it up, it makes it so much easier. Now, our next thing we have to get a, get good at is actually like not waiting last minute because we have, we, we, we post weekly, right? Or like mm-hmm. every Monday. Now we can say that we do. Yeah, right. So our, <laughs> our goal is to post every Monday, but rather than like kind of like divvying up the work throughout the week, we kind of like push it to like the mm-hmm. weekend. And then it like ends up with us being like all nighters Sunday night and like right. up, up until Which is the not good when you're my age. Yeah. To not, <laughs> not sleep one day each week. Yeah, that's definitely something we have to get better at because knowing that there's two of us, we probably could get more content out there more than once a week if we like, if we're doing these kind of videos like all nighters, like the, it takes like what, like 20 hours, I would say. These last video. videos that we've been putting yeah. out, it's, I, I think I clocked it on my tracker. Uh, they each take about 55 hours uh, combined, wow. combined. Okay. Right. So, so, if, so like say if we wanted to do two, it would be 100, 100 hours, right? Or like 110 hours. I'm sure we could like figure out a way to spread that out across the week and get like two videos out. But I think we're kind of in the situation where it's like, what is that saying? Like you're only something about the amount of time you're allotted. Oh, like you'll make work it fills the time, expands to fill the time allotted. Right. So it's like we push all our work to the end of the week, but we make sure to make it happen versus but, if we were to spread it out throughout the week, I'm sure we would be able to get like more videos out. So although there's two of us, like we make it so like there has to be two of us by the end of the week in order to get the video out. I think right. I think what what you're failing to mention, though, in this the work fills the time allotted is that these videos, they do well, for one, they need to be topical. So if we're jumping on an idea like the Joe Rogan announced on a Friday that he was going to move uh, to Texas. He finally made it official or, or Trump decided to said that he was going to uh, um, for sure ban TikTok on a Friday night. The internet so, moves so fast that you have to so yeah. get on it. Yeah. We're, I mean, us, we're journalists in a way and we're like, all right, we have two days to take this topical video and, and present something. So part of it is a topicalness, but the other part is these videos still, even though we found a good format, take a lot out of us. So we just need that break after. I mean, or an editor. <laughs> or an editor. Like the day, 
come Monday when we're done and we finally get to sleep after that weekend, like it's good to just not think about YouTube for yeah, a few days, thing. you know, before right. we have to start back up again. So there's no way I think we could do two videos a week. It, it, almost, it would have to be like the case where if it's like a job where it's like, all right, from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., like you go to this job where you do mm-hmm. this thing and then that's how you make sure you get your hours in every single day. But right. like, yeah, we have to get out of this pattern of like pulling all nighters because in, in this situation, it's like, yeah, Monday comes around when theoretically it's time to like start promoting your video. We're fucking, I, I'm in my bed sleeping till 7 p.m. because <laughs> I did not get any sleep the last day. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so it's like we have to kind of get control of this, this and, kind of like crazy yeah. Just extreme. And I think right now it's the name of the game is just let's just do what it takes to be consistent because we haven't been consistent. And right now we have three in a row and we have to go for mm-hmm. four in a row. So I'm okay with pulling, pulling all nighters each week, but yes, we will figure it out as long as you just keep posting. And uh, man, I was going to say something else. I forgot. But I, I think, yeah. yeah, I think right now, like you said, Jonathan, it is important to just kind of like get, like, cause Jonathan has said earlier, we had, gone a while without posting cons- consistently weekly mm-hmm. and now we're starting to get back into it like you said we just hit three weeks and now we're about to hit our fourth week um i think once we start to get back into that mindset of just posting regularly and like we've already established like okay you can expect videos from us every week at this certain time and our audience knows that then we could start getting better on at other aspects of social media like getting more involved on twitter or instagram mm-hmm. and like start involving these other mediums of social media and kind of like start to rebalance everything once we're kind of got the bar set at a certain level with the youtube thing because that's like with an influencer it's like yeah there's so much you know do you find it important to pick one platform to focus on at a time i want to say yes but i also want to say no because i feel like you should diversify your platforms because Mm -hmm. like if something were to happen like this whole tiktok thing right it's like right. what happens if your, your, your platform just goes away. Then it's like, it's good to just have a presence across just the internet as a whole. That mm-hmm. way I feel like that's when you really are like an influencer because then it's like, you're just omnipresent and everybody just kind of like knows who you are, no matter what space you're on. And then like, you're known as like that guy. The personality. Of, yeah. yeah. Right. Exactly. And then, and then that's how you like really make the money when it comes to like selling merchandise or courses or anything. And like, that's how you really build your audience across multiple mediums like that. Mm-hmm. I, I get in the habit. So a lot of the YouTubers that we watch are just our friends. I, I actually find it hard to watch YouTube in general, just because mm-hmm. like, why would you watch YouTube when you can watch Netflix? These like million dollar productions right. that a whole crew put together <laughs> for your entertainment. Mm-hmm. But uh, now when you're not searching something, you know, when you're like, just want to be entertained. Sure. But I, I find myself, I think I can speak for Nathan too. We find ourselves watching our friends a lot and it's more so to see their art and to see we're in there, we're invested in them and their journey and we want to support them. So when it comes to social media, I find that I have this bad habit of when we aren't posting, I just don't want to participate in all of it because I just feel bad knowing that all of our friends are still out there working hard at it. I'm like, I just don't mm-hmm. want to see it. But as soon as we start posting again, it's like, oh, hey guys, we're back on yeah, Twitter. Even though right. it, even though it really isn't, it does kind of feel like a competition, even though I, we know it's not. Where well, it's like, 
we're all just trying to like compete to succeed, but it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, we can all succeed and we all like help push each other up and all, and like we share views and share just, community and audience, but it does feel like, oh man, this person is making moves and it makes you feel bad that you're not. Yeah. In a way. It, if it does feel competitive, it's, it's a good competitive of not that we're, I mean, the internet, no one's taking anything from anyone else, especially on YouTube. It's, it's a perfect, There's so much out there. Yeah. Democracy, you know, where, you know, yeah. Um, but I will say that if there is a competition, it's it's to motivate you to. I got to get back in this. Yeah, it's almost yeah, it's almost like a accountability type thing where where you feel guilt. It's not the, like oh, I, I don't want you to succeed. It's like man, I should be. I need to work harder. Like, yeah, yeah. Exa- right. Exactly. That's mm-hmm. like yeah, exactly. There was exactly. there was one time in a our our so the when we first launched April of two thousand eighteen. That summer was a big summer for us. We actually were posting a lot. We were really hungry and we were making these, these, these fun collapse happen. And then right around October for our first vid summit, we started to get really anxious because we had seen some growth early on. And then now we were starting to get a little bit more stagnant and we were just in our heads a lot. And there was one point where I was really just anxious that we weren't doing enough. And at the time you mentioned Cody earlier, Cody was a daily vlogger and he's just posting every day. And they're actually surprisingly pretty great quality for being able to bust out an edit every single day or just content every single day. And I was like, who, this is the perfect example. Who am I to complain about how uh, stress inducing this being a YouTuber is when this man is posting a video every single day. And so it's moments like that where you're just like, I have to stop crying in my head and, <laughs> and just like, we let's just keep working at this. Uh, I have a question, Jonathan. Do you find that you enjoy social media less than before because it's more of a job now? Just like personally? No. In fact, uh, no, I, I appreciate it more kind of similar to why we like watching our friends because it's kind of you're just interacting with the community before if i wasn't a creative that had to self-promote basically every single week i i just wouldn't be on social media at all i don't it's not Mm. it's not my vibe i think it's like it's a lot of it is if you're not if you're not building a business on it i think a lot of it is like just digital narcissism that's it's not healthy and uh, and it's like a really ego based and i just would prefer not to interact with it it's just a, it's a distraction but now that we have to participate and now that you know we're we're trying to be influencers uh you kind of have to learn to embrace it and to treat it like a business mm-hmm. and the so, community so is even a big though you treat it like a business you still like you're a big fan of it because i for me sometimes yeah, same I, question for you yeah for me sometimes i'm like I think about it and like, because we treat it like a job, there's almost like a certain responsibility that has to be there or like a certain commitment that you have to have to it. So it's not all the time, but certain times it can feel draining where it's mm-hmm. like, Oh, I'm just posting it to like kind of show. Cause like as Jonathan said, it does kind of feel like narcissistic, but not when you're like necessarily trying to grow a brand. Cause you are trying to like, you know, grow something it's, for yourself. It's understanding. Right. Understandable. Like it's, it's understanding externally, but like internally it, it can feel draining at times because it's like, I'm doing this not out of like self satisfaction, but more of more so of like to build a business. But that makes more sense though. Yeah. Yeah. It does make more sense versus like trying to just do it to like get more followers or whatever, like personally. Cause I I think I'm in the same boat as Jonathan where like, if we didn't have method box, I probably wouldn't be as active on social media. I mean, like Mm -hmm. I would still like post like random stuff and like talk to my friends and everything. But because we are doing it like a business thing, it almost does feel like more of a commitment. Well, I th- 
I think there was this kind of lie that we told ourselves when, because social media is still new. And I think there was this lie that we told us all told ourselves in the beginning. Like, let's just say when Facebook was popular back in 2008 and nine, we're like, Oh, we post because we want to be connected to, to, to our family and friends. And mm-hmm. I think now more so than ever, especially during quarantine, we're realizing that, no, just go call your mom, dude. Like just actually have <laughs> exactly. a conversation yeah. with her or whoever, right. you know, like actually go, go meet your uncle or your friend for coffee and actually have a moment with them. Uh, it's, yeah, the, the social media thing, it's, it's not what we thought it was as far as connection goes. It's just all this big, I mean, we all know this, you know, these, these are topics that like, we always talk about. Facade, the facade of, be presented. here's the presentation of my life. Here's how I would like you to perceive my life. And it's just like, okay, that's, which in a it's way, it's almost, story at all. Yeah. but in a way it's almost like a, a, a creative thing you realize you know it's like and it's also like a sales thing it's like oh okay this is you being a salesman and a, and a artistic yeah. eye on what you think your life should be this i'm is sure after a while the more you do it the more you like you convince yourself this is my life yeah and then mm. you're like you're full or, influencer or you convince yourself well, that you're actually uh, tricking people into believing that this is your life hey, i'm sure it's like a th- i mean that's why people like the addison rays and the charlie d'amelias you know mm-hmm. they get so popular do you guys want to be called influencers you know, I, th- I think I know a lot of people like put their nose up to it, but I mm-hmm. think more than ever, like, I feel like it's as far as like us being called influencers. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't feel I, like we're there yet. I think it's the word. The word itself in, inherently is, is, is douchey, but I don't, I don't know. See, I'm one of those people that I don't get caught up on. We, we need a word to define something. And that's the word that we yeah, have. That's, that's what's that's been chosen. Gonna, yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, so, it, it's the word that makes the most sense for what it is, even though it does kind of sound like a little and, psychopathy. And I think, but I think very, whatever, however we want to, whatever word we want to fill in for influencer, that occupation, we very much want to be that. And it's all yeah. about, because once you've grown an audience on any platform, then you can kind of do you can build anything from a business perspective if you want to go make a coffee brand yeah uh like emma chamberlain or if you want to mm-hmm. go sell shirts or if you want whatever if you want to start a podcast uh there's a lot of Just ways to monetize money on the internet essentially exactly right like i guess the other term would be creator but i feel mm-hmm. like that doesn't fully define what it is because there is that whole like other aspect content like, creator it's yeah. just like a little bit longer but yeah but know. that doesn't, like I said, that doesn't fully articulate the whole idea behind it. Cause like the whole other half of it is like you using your audience to sell something or like to, mm-hmm. to promote something or just like get your voice and, out there. And that's a lot of work. That's, that's admirable to have built an audience, especially in today's age where mm-hmm. you're basically vying for people's attention and to be able to say, I've, when someone's decide, especially on YouTube, on, on Instagram, it's, it's a lot more um, flippant to be like, I'm going to follow you. But on YouTube, especially, you have to earn that subscribe button and right. keep them too. It's really easy for them to be like, you know what, I'm going to unsubscribe. So you've earned a subscriber and it's admirable to have gained any from, you know, whether you're starting at zero or mm-hmm. wherever, if you're in the millions, like you did something to to gain people's respect enough to want to follow you for a certain amount of time. And as like, you know, somebody who, you know, just like you guys, like I want, that's what I want to be doing in life uh, as well as like making uh, money off the internet and being an entrepreneur. And, um, and that's kind of like where this project all came from. It's like, I am starting from zero. I want to talk to people who have done it or in the process of doing it themselves. If I can hear their stories, maybe I can take something away 
uh, and implement it into my own process. And then ultimately, like what I found is like the best thing so far as do, from doing this project is just having other people ask me like, you know, ask me questions. So like, you know, how would you, how are you distributing your podcast or like, do you have any tips? And uh, I've like, you know, just recently, like I'm just starting out myself, but like I've had a couple people reach out and like, that's kind of like my favorite part of doing this kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah it's, for sure. It's almost, I don't want to say foolproof, but it's, it's a really good tactic too, like starting a podcast because it's a really easy way to like grow first via like word of mouth. It's like mm-hmm. every, after this interview, you ask us if you want, if we know anybody that would want to be on the podcast and then like we give you three people and then you reach out to them and then it's right. just it's growing like a tree, you know? And the yeah. other aspect is like, as that keeps growing, you'll start to have like higher caliber audience or uh, mem- Jesus Christ higher caliber guests on and then yeah. those guests will then like start to promote it and then it'll get even more viewers and then it just keeps growing and growing and growing exponentially like that like, yeah i that's think that's the goal like, yeah yeah that's like I, almost like a foolproof way of growing i think your medium and your format also lends itself to really good conversations that mm-hmm. will will once you're you're doing it the joe rogans of the world you know they, they constantly yeah. say how much better humans they are just because of all the great conversations and guests that they have been exposed to so mm-hmm. there's also that element for it just you're you're forcing yourself we used to say all the time that youtube forces us out of our rooms and when you Big the time. medium yeah. <laughs> the medium that you're i mean you cho- we we scheduled this time to, to have a discussion to actually mm-hmm. just talk shop and that's something that you know you're not sitting on your ass you're you're out there doing something and actively being a participant not just in this art but in life and as cliche as that sounds it's true right yeah yeah i'm really just trying to like get to talk with people who are more like-minded uh to myself as well and like putting myself out of my comfort zone and uh like just trying i think that's like the biggest thing because you never know unless you actually put some sort of effort behind your words and that's something that i've struggled with myself uh I've been I've been the person who's put action behind it and like sat back and just been lazy about it. So uh, right now I'm trying to execute on things and quarantine well, has kind of been a big uh, time for that. Well, kudos, man, kudos. Yeah, tell us uh, tell us about yourself. What do you what did what do you find the hardest? Why did you choose this particular? Where do you want to take it? Yeah, so uh, I actually I had a corporate uh, marketing job. Um, straight out of college and that I was basically traveling every week uh, somewhere across the country. So every Monday I flew somewhere and every Friday I flew back home to uh, Tampa, Florida, um, where where I'm at right now. Mm. Um, And then I just had a a bunch of downtime in the airport and I was watching, you know, I would watch you like probably the people that you guys call friends or like the people that I, that I watch on, on YouTube and a lot of Casey and, a uh, big Colin and Samir fan. And uh, yeah, like I took, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to start something. Like I had that corporate job and I was like, this isn't it. What is, what is the thing that I want to be doing in life? And I knew if I didn't start something, then it would just never happen. So I just took it upon myself. And then I started, uh, I started a YouTube channel. And my first like kind of series that I tried was uh, interviewing people in the airport. So um, oh, anybody cool. just kind of like waiting around in the airport I tried to find like a quiet area, somebody by them uh, just waiting around on their phone or something. And I would ask like one question each day and then uh, edit all the different answers together to kind of show how different people's answers can be to the same question. Um, I like that idea. That's cool, man. Yeah, yeah thanks. Uh, different or sim- similar, I guess. 
people's state of mind when they're about to take flights to go home or to go somewhere that they're excited to go to is really mm-hmm. interesting. So I, and also they're trying to kill time. So it's the perfect time to catch them. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, I just was at, when I was in airports every week, I was like, every airport I'm in is full of people and everyone has a different story and like different reason for traveling. So I was just trying to meet like, different people. And, uh, you know, that was my, my first attempt at, at YouTube. Um, and then it's like that process of being a creator and like, you want to be a creator, you, you're sitting there at like 50 subscribers and like, you see all these people like growing their channels and you wonder like, how did somebody get to a hundred thousand? Like, how did somebody get to a million subscribers? Um, mm-hmm. And it was that realization of like, I, I wanted to start talking to people who have done it themselves and hear their process. And like, that's how I came up with, uh, with this idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. Very entrepreneurial mindset. The I feel like the answer yeah. to that question, by the way, how does somebody, I feel like it's different for everyone because we, we, yeah. we analyze a lot of channels and just people in general. And some people, I think at the end of the day, there's, there's working hard at it, but there's also just, they're doing something right. Or that they just, they made, they had a good idea in that video for whatever reason, the algorithm right. picked up because they did something right the way they presented it or something. Yeah. It's, there's like a balance between pleasing the algorithm and like making, making content that the algorithm like recognizes a pattern with and like knows who to mm-hmm. serve it to you. But then there's like the, uh, the human aspect of it. It's like, right. cool. You can like make it, you know, you can make it so it looks nice to a robot, but how do you make it so it makes it appeasing to and then the, the human? And then there's us. So yeah, there's the AI, there's the human consumer, and then there's us and we have to satisfy all three. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's yeah. every single week we have that job to do. And with the added bonus of, is this going to be the video that might take, is this the idea this week? Yeah, you yeah. never know, right? Yeah. That's probably why people like David Dobrik become so popular is because like they're having fun doing it. They're making vlogs where they don't really like care about whatever they're doing. It's just kind of like fun. It's like a TV mm-hmm. show like Colin Samir talked about, right? right. It's, a, uh, it, it's one of those things that he doesn't care too deeply into the, into the like, the robot or the algorithm side he just wants to make videos that make people feel good and then once he does that then the then the audience will tell the robot that okay this is working we should promote it to more people yeah i always find it so fascinating to hear just uh, like him specifically talk about you know like seek geek as a character in uh yeah in right? the vlogs um, it's it's such an interesting new form of marketing and like mm-hmm. that's why that's why we're really convinced and believe that this is like there's no other thing that's gonna take precedent over this influencer culture like this is the thing of the future like this is going to replace traditional tv or like celebrities are now like traditional celebrities are now going to be on par with like tiktok celebrities Mm -hmm. they're basically on the same caliber now yeah but it's just nuts but we can't forget the power of real estate traditional investing and Mm -hmm. stocks and intellectual property we can't i think yeah the influencer as far as investing goes that is the new exciting thing to talk about but I think that there's still something super exciting about growing wealth through real estate, through stocks, through intellectual property that still needs to be discussed. I would love it if those four tiers, those four columns were equally talked about on our channel, even though we've been really heavy, heavily reliant on the influencer part. Mm-hmm. I, I think we need to start, uh, like we, eventually, maybe here soon, within the next year or so, we'll... Um, you know, we want to be able to talk to the Graham Steffens and the, right. uh, cause right now it's been so, we've been so focused on like, let's talk to the, you know, the, the Cody Wanners and the Colin and Samir's, but it's like, well, what about, what about this other side of YouTube? You know, mm-hmm. that, uh, 
what yeah it's like let's go hang out in that corner of the internet for a bit you know let's let's get out of this one for a second and yeah. see what this it, is it's like. interesting to think how these different like niches on youtube or the different corners have their own communities so mm-hmm. it's like we've established ourselves within like the the no small creator community right right and now it's like all right cool like we people know who we are there now let's like let's start thinking about expanding to other communities that way we can just like keep growing mm-hmm. but and like almost kind of merge the two in a way but also growing our this is like this is a theme that's been coming up growing within ourselves and our and our lives it's like to be able to explore these other things yeah. as well that aren't mm-hmm. isn't just a little bubble that we've put because ourselves in because i feel in. like it's not too far of a reach like the people that are probably interested in like creative entrepreneurship or or like uh video making or just like any of the people in our community chances are they are interested in like how to make money or like how to start a business or like all the like you know it's just natural the crossover is natural so it makes sense and it doesn't feel like too much of a reach that's why i think we're we're kind of confident going in this direction as far as like maintaining our current audience and still making them excited but still maintaining with it but still staying topical within the niche of not only uh, like real estate and stocks, but also like the creator side of it. Right. No, I think it's a very like uh, untapped market on uh, on YouTube at the moment. So like, there's a lot of uh, potential to, like you said, just to like go through those different communities and yeah, right, your, the, your people, you know. Yeah, and there's so many too, man. There's so like, there's hundreds of, probably thousands, honestly, different corners of YouTube. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really just about like finding what really resonates with you and just introducing yourself as a as like a player within that community yeah. so people start to but, recognize you and your name. But having the overall vision of sticking within the niche that you've created for yourself, not venturing exactly. off too too far from the, the beaten path. Yeah, yeah, I feel like once you start to grow an audience and like say you have a million subscribers, then you can start to like become more generalized because you mm-hmm. have that initial fan base people are there for you yeah right exactly and it's like if we put out a video right now like say our baseline is 500 views or it's like if if it doesn't get served to anybody else like youtube Mm -hmm. doesn't promote it just our base subscribers it gets 500 views versus like khan and samir if they put out a video their baseline is like a ten thousand. you know what i mean so it's like as you grow too, the chances of youtube promoting your video becomes bigger because Mm -hmm. you have that initial push from your core audience it's all exponential growth so for any of you listening out there that want to start some creative art um entrepreneurial and uh just uh, direction for yourselves just know that the beginning is the toughest it's it's the it's always hard to get started with something from a motivational but it's also hard to to basically not get anything in return for a long time but know that once things do start taking off it's exponential growth so once i mean it it's they say didn't casey knight said say that it, it was harder for him to gain his first thousand than his first million yeah. subscribers or something like that. It's so true. You Once know? you have some traction. Yeah, I think that's why I think that's, that's where the importance of like the whole community thing comes in. Because even if you don't have those views, if as long as you're like a name and just like a, a figure within your space, you could still like interact with the people and like you could start to build your base that way, you know? It's mm-hmm. like it, it just get on Twitter's probably like the best place to do it because it's all just text-based and like it's right. real time. Aud- and- Audrey said the uh, the same thing as well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it's like with Instagram, it's like 
you can't just put text up. You have to have like a picture to accompany it or something versus mm-hmm. Instagram or Twitter. It's just like any thought that you have, just jot it and send it out into the, to the, the internet, the World Wide web. Right. And it's a super easy way to like grow relationships with people or interact or like share your video or like engage in conversations that'll show you your worth within the space and give your opinions. So people can start to value those opinions and be like, I like mm-hmm. this guy. I'm going to check out his stuff. And then word of mouth, blah, blah, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You start to grow and you don't right. feel as bad that you're not getting views because you have your fellow creators and friends within the space that are doing the exact same thing you're doing. So it doesn't feel as lonely. So you definitely said this like while we've been talking just now, but also just from watching uh, YouTube for so long myself, like I've seen the biggest things uh not just for like growth but uh like collaboration and community like are the two like pillars of that i've seen of of youtube so and you guys have I've already mentioned that today so uh do you have like a big collaboration like a dream collab that you would want to do well it's interesting so right now are, are you familiar with daryl eves i am yeah so i just talked we- to uh metal for breakfast as well pretty recently oh on the podcast yeah yeah just uh, i've been i've been backing up a a few episodes so nice uh, i haven't released it yet but uh, yeah yeah, he's a a big dare leaves guy as well yeah (laughs) he saw he saw some growth with uh his tiktok videos that he posted recently yeah 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 he's a yeah he's a real fun guy Mm -hmm. um so Daryl, we've actually been like talking to Daryl for like a couple of years now like we entered we we initially got introduced to him via like cody did like a uh, giveaway for vid summit tickets with him and okay. like we entered that competition and then daryl saw our video and liked it anyway this last vid summit he came up to us and, pr- and proposed this uh series he wanted to start which is like 24 hours with they're like spending spending some time with like a creator and like mm-hmm. making a video about them and their process and like what they did to succeed on youtube and some then- uh some bab and stuff yeah exactly but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but also i think it's more i think he kind of ventured away from the 24 hours with and it's more just about I'm going to interview super successful YouTubers. How did failure, how did you overcome this or how did, you know, or like, how did you grow your brand or like, what did you do specifically? Like what specific steps did you do to like grow your business? And then like each creator would have like a different insight. And then like he would, you know, travel the country and figure out everybody's insights and like package them mm-hmm. all together and like present them to you on like his YouTube channel where he's like, cause he's got a big connections, you know, he's like the vid summit dude. He knows all these YouTubers. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So anyway, he, he needed somebody to film the series for him. So he reached out to us. And uh, so in the early, obviously it's kind of weird because of all the COVID stuff, but um, we, we were traveling with him to like Utah and like we made a video for him with Sean Duris. And then we cool. went to like another, uh, another family called the, the Ohana family, the Ohana family adventures. And like, they're like a family <laughs> channel on YouTube. So mm-hmm. like, there's like all these different like corners of YouTube that he's gaining, that he's like trying to get insights from. And the next one that we're doing is actually going to be Mr. Beast. Wow, so we're, really? so we're, yeah, so we're going to fly out well, to North Carolina. At least that's what was on the, the roster. Uh-huh. You know, he, he's been hanging out, helping him grow. Cause I don't know if you've noticed, but Mr. Beast is. He's buying take, islands. Well, yeah, he's, he's been uh, taking yeah. <laughs> some pretty big steps in the last few months to really grow. Oh, absolutely. And I watched your, your videos uh, kind of talking about that as well. So yeah, yeah. The, the growth is insane. So yeah, Mr. B or uh, Daryl is, is out there helping him with with all that stuff so i don't i don't know if that's still if the whole well, i don't know where the series is right now Daryl's yeah series. it's tricky because of like we kind of expected the 
the whole coronavirus thing to kind of like settle down. But the series is sponsored by Storyblocks, like the series as a whole. So they expect mm-hmm. like a certain amount of videos from him. And so is this podcast. No, <laughs> <laughs> One day, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it is kind of like up in the air right now as far as like when th- when they're going to be filmed or if he's like the series is on hold and like we're filming at a later time mm-hmm. but he, that's mr beast is like the next one he wants to do so well, we're still trying to figure out when the, it actually is going to be like is it going to be later this month the next month or is it going to be like three months from now you know so mm-hmm. that's that's your uh that's your dream my dream collab, collab? I mean, I would say like my dream collab is like Elon Musk or something. Yeah, I was gonna say like, yeah, Mr. Beast is cool with his 40 million subscribers and all that, but right. I, I want to be able to eventually, like, I've always said this, like, be at a festival where I'm interviewing Diplo or you know, like, mm. I want to, I want us to be able to just really be known where we can just communicate with whoever we want and get these interviews. And I don't even see it as a collab. I just want to do these little exposés on people that everyone knows and right. get their, get their insights. I think there was a time where you'd hear these like rags to riches stories and you're like, Eminem, how did you get your first record deal? And there would be this theme that I would notice. Cause I was always drawn to this growing up in the nineties and the two thousands of the, like the VH1 specials, like behind the music kind of stuff of, how someone's that that story that rags to riches story is so engaging but all of them would always skip over the that one moment of it would it was always like yeah so one moment i was like living in in the trailer with my mom but then dr dre gave me the sign me i'm like wait, hold, hold on hold on what'd you do in between that though yeah like i want to <laughs> yeah. know what happened there and right. uh I, and so in my mind if i were ever to interview these people the elon musk and the and the diplos it'd be you know tell us about that part like yeah. how did you the action the actionable steps that you took for that yeah so that brings uh that kind of brings it back to this whole podcast and, and interview so for for you guys and building this process like uh are you or is your income strictly from youtube now like are you oh. what kinds of things are you doing to <laughs> yeah i, I mean, almost laughed have... out loud Lol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, income right yeah <laughs> I, no. yeah i mean we have like some money in our assets accounts from like the one-off uh-huh. videos that like get i don't know like 40k views or something sure like, yeah. every once in a while um but we don't have any other like external monetization like mon- anything that's monetized like merch or like a mm-hmm. patreon or anything like that i'm sure like in the future that'll be something we do once we kind of like have everything is everything is more manageable you it's, know it's all going to come at once yeah most right? likely mm-hmm. yeah because like that's not something you want to rush you know it's like because it, right. you want to like build a core audience and like it's i i always know it's so much cooler when like someone's built an audience and they haven't like released anything, but when they finally do release something, it's like this huge, like there's so much hype around it. Cause like, this is the first time they're doing something. Mm-hmm. It's like, everybody's motivated to be like, all their audience is motivated to like be there on like the first drop or whatever. And it's, what are your thoughts on, uh, on creators having like existing first merch, uh, like as they build an audience instead of, uh, releasing when they've already built it up? I think if it makes sense, yeah. like for example, I think if we had merch, cause we're really big into, in our minds, we're really big on, on fashion. So I think if it makes sense that like we would rock our own merch because it's like the fashion that we want to rock, then it makes sense to just already have merch. Mm-hmm. But th- there are times where you see some creators where they haven't really built any of an audience yet. And they're kind of putting the cart before the horse. We're like, here's my Patreon. Here's, right. you know, here's this and that. Here's the trailer. To my, and you're just like, all right. It's like, um, rap the rappers that rap about them being rappers. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, 
let's have the content first before you rap about your your success you know yeah i think for like jonathan said because at least in our heads we we care about fashion um it's for example i'm sure i'm sure you're familiar with h3 h3 productions right? absolutely like, yeah. like their teddy fresh line mm-hmm. so it's very like you could tell that they actually like meet with the designer and like come up with the ideas and like they actually have like color blocked hoodies where it's like an actual design it's not just like you know a print on a t-shirt mm-hmm. um and i think then when you get to that spot then you can like really do whatever you want if you are growing your audience i would probably recommend doing more of like a print on demand thing versus like putting a bunch of money down and like getting a supply of t-shirts and then like sure, yeah. money back on it versus mm-hmm. just like going on amazon it's like if you want to buy a t-shirt they make it per order so you're not losing out any, on, on any money um but for us personally, like I said, because we care so much about like the fashion side of it, we would probably rather wait till we can get to the point where we can and actually like talk to designers and yeah. have like mm-hmm. legit clothes so we can like wear clothes that we actually want to wear that way. Because like if, if you have clothes, if you're like selling merch and like you, your, per, your personal self doesn't wear it, why is your audience going to be motivated to wear it? Of course. Know? Yeah, definitely. Well, it, it, it's also taking that extra step and, and, and not mean like i'm just gonna put merch out just for the sake of it it's like no it's like what would i actually wear well it's like oh i would wear something that is like it's woven in this type of fabric and so i i think it's just you're allowing yourself to give it more thought as well i think that's a benefit mm-hmm. too yeah because we definitely like i think in the first couple of months like i made t-shirts for method box i just on like amazon's merch mm-hmm. or whatever and right. like i ordered i ordered like some for myself but it was never like people were like, Oh, I want to buy that or whatever. And, mm-hmm. and even if they did, like, I made like 10 cents or something. It was in like from one purchase or something stupid. Yeah. But yeah, I, I would say like, yeah, if, if you, even if you have like a small base fan base and they're like interested, then I would go that route until you have enough money and then you can like make it like a legit clothing line. Mm-hmm. Then it's like, then that I feel like that's where the real money is made. So if you were to make a video, like you, you guys are saying that you're like into the fashion and the business side of like, creators so if you were to make a video about uh h3 and and their fashion line of teddy fresh like what would you want to focus on probably that aspect of it like how they source it because yeah like i said there is a difference between like like david dobrik's merch and like h3's merch versus like i don't know just someone that puts a print on a shirt so yeah i would want to like do a deep dive into figuring out who they're working with maybe get like an interview with that person and then like talk about like what it takes to build a clothing line and like how much overhead you need and, and like how much the investment is up front and like what the return usually is and like how much do you have to sell in order to make a return and like all the logistics i feel like that'd be pretty do interesting you, do you know that it's been months since david dobrik has put out a video i did been, i've, I've yeah. noticed yeah he posts he's, on he's TikTok been away. Really, though. Yeah. he's getting paid to post on tiktok yeah exactly so, so he, he's yeah. not at a loss yeah <laughs> do you see uh is like YouTube falling behind and like not putting a focus on their creators like uh, like other social it's media tricky. apps are? Yes, I would say 100%, but also I don't see YouTube going anywhere anytime soon. No, so definitely it's not. Almost, yeah. So it's almost like they don't really need to, the, the although it would be really nice if they did. I, c- yeah. I could see with YouTube there being another adpocalypse. I feel like that could easily happen. Like, so the latest thing that happened that I think scared a lot of creators was the whole Copa thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it's, is that the children one? Like, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, is your children made for, or is, is your, your is your is your content, your content is your made video. for children? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And I think so. A lot of channels that were based or or like that kind of like blurred the lines. 
I think it just really scared a lot of people. It's just one of these moments where just like apocalypse where you're like, wait a minute, should I not rely solely on yeah. this platform? Which is mm-hmm. like the, the Roberto Blakes of the it's world. It's a scary we'll talk thought about. knowing that like your whole livelihood is reliant on something that you don't well, fully control. Or that, that you can just get three strikes and this, you know, millions of subscriber channel that you've built can just be wiped away. And then you're like, right. okay, well now what? A copyright strike just because somebody wanted to or somebody you know right threw it out there yeah i mean i i think our last two videos before like this mr beast one like you know we put a bunch of time into making them and then right away like half an hour after we uploaded it they each got like copy not copyright strike but like uh claims they, copyright they claims claimed, yeah like oh, a monetization really? claim because huh. like a second of the video used like a song from a tiktok video hmm. and then they, okay. they claim the entire video and it's like wow. oh, okay welcome to this niche <laughs> yeah yeah so it's it's like you were saying earlier there's so many things it's a learning experience it's all it's all a science experiment there it almost feels like there are hundreds of things to keep in mind when you put content out and that's just one other of the many things. So when you're, and it all boils down to, we're going to make this idea and we have to present it to the world. You're kind of walking on eggshells with all of these factors that all these the checklists that you have to hit and then all these things you have to avoid. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's, I don't know if that's a good thing. It's healthy or not healthy to, to make art that way. But it's definitely interesting. Yeah, I would say it's taking more of a business approach to it like treating it like a legit business that you're trying to grow that then then you really do have to look at like all the analytics and the science and best practices and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. yeah, versus versus like someone that's doing a youtube channel because they just want to like have a documentation of their life or something right just a place to put their videos yeah because then then it's like you don't have to worry about all that stuff because you're not that person isn't necessarily going for the views mm-hmm. And I also noticed uh you guys had a playlist at the end of your videos uh for people coming from Colin and Samir's channel as well. Yeah, I just made that, by the way. Oh, is that? I, really? <laughs> I, I had no idea about so that. One of the thing, it makes sense, though. So one of the things you want to do as a YouTuber is create, for the algorithm, is create sure. just data relationships between your own personal content and just other content on the internet. You have mm-hmm. to communicate to the algorithm who you are as far as your, uh, how you're being defined, what categories and the, the less convoluted you can be about that, the more clear you can be about that, the better it knows. Look, we all complain about the algorithm, not, Hey, the algorithm didn't promote my video. didn't suggest it or whatever it is. It's not coming up in search. Uh, but the thing is it wants to help you. It, it sees you as a partner. It wants to take a bet on your work. As long as the thing that you're making has a high click-through rate and high retention rate. So it, are, it, keep, are you keeping people on the platform? Keep, yeah. Are you engaging them? Are you engaging them? So uh, can I get in the weeds a little bit about the algorithm? And, and okay. Yeah, yeah. That's like so, my favorite stuff to talk about. <laughs> so people, so audience, if you don't know this, what, so mm-hmm. click-through rate is, so you're on your homepage. Everyone's homepage is different. Let's say at any given moment, you're presented 30 thumbnails of videos that it thinks that you like from all categories of life that, that you like. And those are called impressions. It's basically taking a bet and saying, hey, what do you think about these? And did you do your job to... Uh, I a charger for my computer, sorry. Our, our laptop's <laughs> going to die. It's going to get a charger. Did you, do right, your job, did you do your job in, in having a catchy thumbnail and then the eyes can go straight to the title and then having a catchy title. If someone clicked on that, that's basically called click-through rate where it's the impression converted into uh, an, an actual view. 
So if you have a high click-through rate, uh, you've done a good job, which is 10% for the average uh, uh, YouTuber. And then, like you said, what's the retention rate? Did you keep people on? Did you do a good job on keeping people uh, watching your video? And mm -hmm. they say 60% is really good. So, um, yeah. Do you guys know what, what yours is at the moment? It's, it's the last videos, I would say the last three videos since we've started this new direction have been right. anywhere from like 7.6 to 10% click-through rate, which is great, mm -hmm. yeah. and have been about 50 to 60% on retention. So okay. this is all great. So at some point, mm -hmm. though, we have to complain to ourselves and be like, what does a guy got to do to get suggested? Because that's <laughs> back in like 2014, you would make videos that were searched. That's, that's kind of, that was the mentality. You wanted your video to be searched. Mm -hmm. Now they say that you want to go for suggested because that's where you see a lot of growth. That's when you see these videos where within a week, the video got like 400 K views or something. That's because mm -hmm. YouTube decided to just really push that video for whatever reason. And uh, so that's what you want to go. So, so your, your title isn't searchable. It, it's more, it's more, uh, sticky for the human side of it, you know, like, is this, is this just something that somebody would be curious on this title? And, uh, yeah, so w that's what we're kind of pulling our hairs and we're, we're about to hear what do we have to do to get suggested? Do we just have to keep posting videos that are just like super consistent, uh, in, in the, the time of week that we post and within the format, like, is it the fifth video? Is it the sixth video? Uh, is it the fourth, or, fifth video? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think part of it too is because we are kind of like, it's a, it's somewhat of a pivot from what we were usually doing. YouTube kind of has to like re-index us as far okay. as like understanding what kind of channel we are. So I think part of the process is this phase that we're in right now is trying to get YouTube to understand, look, this is the new direction we're going in. So now you can start to, now YouTube can start to understand who it should be pointing our videos to. Hence making playlists like, hey, you're here from Colin and Samir. You're creating right. that data, data relationship more so for the algorithm than for, for people. Definitely. And also like you're putting a playlist for people to watch and then the watch time and retention on their videos. That keeps people. That's the idea. I don't know how, how accurate that is if people actually click on playlists and like will actually watch playlists. Watch like, do you, do yeah. you do that? Do you think you do that? You know what? Honestly, I don't think so. Yeah. yeah, right? Yeah. It's like there's all these best practices, but then you have to ask yourself, like, okay, what would a human actually do? The, I think playlists, right. playlists are more so for data relationship than actual getting people to sit down and watch a shit ton of your videos. You mm -hmm. can probably go in the analytics and figure out the exact percentage of people that go and click on it. Yeah, it's not many. Yeah, it's probably not many at all. Like end, end screen videos in general? or I, I, uh, No, playlists. Playlists yeah, in general. Playlists. Okay. Yeah. I think the way the, the, the modern brain works when it comes to media is they, they want to be in control of it. So they want to be able to say, no, look, I'm going to invest an hour of my day into, mm -hmm. I just discovered you into browsing your content because I, I like what, what you're about. But I want to be able to, I, first off, I don't know that I'm going to spend an hour yet because I'm, I'm kind of, uh, I'm hitting the snooze button. I think it was Andrew Schultz that said that. People <laughs> end up spending yeah. a lot more time because they're hitting the snooze button. Like, all right, one more video, one more video. And then they end up spending an hour. But yeah. they want to- He's they killing wanna, it right now. Dude, oh my God, yeah. 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 He, he, had the, he had the right mentality of just, we're going to just post uh, uh, comedy, my own comedy special for free. Mm -hmm. Just put it out there and then do like one joke a week or whatever it was. Yeah, now he's just, once he got on Rogan and then everybody kind of right. knew about him, he kind of took off. But yeah. I think uh, just to kind of finish this thought, I think people want to be able to 
go on your channel and then just like hopscotch around and be like, I want to watch this a little bit of that. I want to watch a little bit of that. All right, I'm done. Uh, mm-hmm. Versus just here's a playlist that we presented to you, right. you know, cause everybody's got different interests and everything. Yeah. And I, even just myself in, in watching YouTube videos, I sometimes take like a step back and like look at myself objectively watching it and consuming. As soon as I hear even like the slightest hint of someone doing their outro, I'm already, you know, right out. Out. Yeah. it's like, right. Realistically, how many people are actually going and watching the end screens and sticking around? So you mm. almost got to be kind of strategic and like sneak it in and there without them realizing or still like be presenting information and while what's going on kind of deal. That's more so for retention rate. You don't, right. if, if the last 30 seconds of your video is your outro and people are aware of that and, and the Nathans of the world are already clicking away, well, that's, that's going to affect your average retention. So you do right. want a sneak attack on where all of a sudden it's like, all right, it's the end of the video. You're like, what? Right. <laughs> I, I, another trick that we do too is like you know you can put like the little the little card or it's like click mm-hmm. right here and watch this video or whatever um yeah. when it, we try to look at our retention graphs and like right before there's a dip in the graph we put a card so that okay. way it's like we know that okay a, a good chunk of people might dip at this part rather than just dipping them and like getting them off a video why don't we serve them a video that they might be interested in and then they'll be like mm-hmm. oh okay i'll check this video and i'll on our channel for even longer. Which, by the way, if you're watching the Starting From Zero podcast and you'd like to watch uh-huh. more videos like this, make sure to click Check on that card, card that yeah. comes up right there <laughs> yeah. to watch more. It's crazy how perfectly timed that videos. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you post these on YouTube? Yeah, I do. Um, so it's on uh, YouTube, Instagram, and uh, and then I got a Twitter. And I have a TikTok, but I haven't posted on it in a while. For a while, I was putting a lot of focus into it because, uh, you know, I got Gary Vee in my ears and... Uh, he was pushing that for a while. Um, yeah. But now, and, now I don't, I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's on, uh, it's on the tube. Nice. Cool, um, man. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I got one more question for you guys and then uh, I'll let you go. I, I really appreciate you uh, even like, you know, yeah, of course. Oh, this yeah, might be one of the, you know, like a really good conversation, but one, like one of my longest as well. So like, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Once you get us going, we don't shut up talking about ourselves. So sorry about that. <laughs> no, man. Like this is what this is for. And like, I love the, um, like the medium too, like to just kind of have the opportunity to go in depth on, on all this kind of stuff. Um, so uh, I've been asking every creator, every creative person that I talk to this kind of question. So for anybody just starting today, uh, what kind of advice would you give them? So, yes, I would say take time. Bef- there, there is a benefit to just, just get going. Just go out there and start making videos, find your voice, this and that. I would almost now, two and a half years in the game, I would say really take your time before you start making anything to analyze in a a real way, like take weeks to do this, like every day almost, like what do I like? What resonates with me? Like from patterns, like behavioral patterns and and like really break down the videos that you watch and why you watch them from a psychological point of view. And then ask yourself, do I want to make videos? Like once you think you've found your identity, ask yourself, do you want to make videos? Do I want to make videos like this three years down the line, four years, five years on the line? If the answer is still yes, you're going to be pumped, passionate about this thing. And you can kind of visualize your, the vision for everything from the editing style to the, all, the, all the branding and everything in between. Then go and make your first five videos, kind of like what you're doing, you're front loading your podcast, front load your first five videos and then start posting consistently every week, 
while you're producing the next uh, videos. And then it's clear from the beginning with the algorithm and with people and with yourself, what you're doing. Perfect. Nice. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I guess I would say it kind of compliments what Jonathan said. Once mm -hmm. you figure out what you do want to do on YouTube, find other channels that are doing something similar and then go to their like most popular videos and then just make videos like that because those are the videos that are like kind of almost guaranteed to really pop off. And mm -hmm. then once you get the ball rolling on that, then I kind of feel like they'll start to come to you more naturally and you'll start to figure out exactly what other types of videos you can make that'll complement those videos. And then uh, as far as like going to similar channels and finding things that work, I would also just try to copy like, not, not necessarily copy because you still want to like be your but own. You make it your own. Yeah. Take, right, in, exactly. take inspiration from. Yeah, take, it, take yeah. inspiration from. <laughs> but like chances are they have it down to like a structure where they, you know, because they've already put in all the work and they know all the data and chances are and, their, their video that they put out today is going to be a lot, video, a lot better than the video they put out a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I would like analyze their most recent videos as well of the channels you want to be like and understand the structure because there's probably something to it. So if you can like also kind of structure your videos in a similar way, chances are like you'll start to be served next to them. You'll have a similar audience and then in turn, you'll start to grow and start to succeed because you're making content that already resonates with the audience right off the bat. Mm -hmm. and once you've made about 10 videos, probably go get your first collab under your belt and you don't want to reach for the stars quite yet, but you, and you want to make sure. So somebody who's, you know, at a decent subscriber count than you, that you, you basically want to, make yourself known in the community that that person is in and you're you would need to though you can't just say hey i kind of want to shout out you have to provide some value to that creator as well mm -hmm. so you kind of have to have an idea that you can pitch that creator to say hey whether it's me doing this for you or whatever uh i think this could be a good collaboration for this reason obviously i'm still i'm starting out if you can get that person to say yes you got your first collab under your belt. Now you're exposed to, uh, you know, a new audience. And then you're telling right. the algorithm, hey, look, some, some, something's happening with my channel here. Pay attention. Yeah, I think right. the best way is, in the, especially in the beginning, to, like, get those collaborations is it's got to be something that benefits both parties, not just mm -hmm. benefiting you because of the views you're going to get. You have to bring something to the table that makes them excited to want to have you on. And, or, and, or and it's not going to be views give you giving them views it's, so it's got to be something else right Either it's like, like a creative yeah. idea or and, like a fun like execution of something or mm -hmm. like something that'll get their audience excited too. i think in the beginning that's what our approach was for the collabs that we got is we're essentially going to make these like m these mini docs that we put a lot of time in on you and you'll mm -hmm. get to have this which is you know like if someone did that for us you know i'd be like that'd be cool if someone I mean, took yeah, time to make it, a, like right? a little mini yeah. doc on us like that'd be yeah. that'd be cool and they're making like, content for you you know right like yeah you. yeah i i think it's called like thank you marketing i think there's like a oh really of course of course there's a term for it yeah <laughs> Where like you do something for somebody or like a company sends you products for free and then of course you get on your instagram story and be like oh thank you thank you uh Peter McKinnon for sending me your backpack or right, something. Right, exactly. You so tag Peter, like, link to right, Peter's and, and now it's yeah. like enters more saturation market. Mm -hmm. 
Interesting. And I, I think if people can see, if the collaborator, the potential collaborator can see that you've put in work as well, they, they need to see that the, they're essentially going to vouch for you. So they have to see that you're hardworking and mm-hmm. they have to, they have to see, that's another reason for why your vision should be kind of clear from the beginning because they can see your vision as well. And then they, uh, they see that you're a hard worker, so you know, so that's somebody, them. I want to back this person. So yeah. Be, be strategic in when you decide to push that button on reaching out for the collab, but I would say that would be the next step. And then you're kind of off and running. Right. Yeah, yeah this is, uh, you guys have like uh, a lot, provided a lot of value uh, today, just like giving a lot of tips and I, I appreciate oh, you guys. Uh, thank you. Just like talking shop. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, thank yeah. you for uh, caring to have us on too. Yeah, hey man, it's what well, we love to talk about this kind of stuff. So it's just fun to talk about it with another person. That's you know? not, <laughs> yeah. that's not us. Or... <laughs> no, I, agreed, honestly, yeah. We could go for hours about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I was honestly same, but uh, yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what the, what new videos you guys are putting out, like what the, the plan is for the future. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and stay in contact with us, man. You know, yeah, this is uh, got a, new, a new friendship here. So yeah, definitely. I'm really just like a part of like one of the fun things about this is like just building a, you know, everyone's searching for their, like their community, like their place or who their people are. And yeah, like I'm just, I'm excited to like meet and, uh, and build that community. So yeah, yeah hopefully man, we uh, can uh, meet in person one of these yeah, days. What, when uh, whatever post-corona life yeah. looks like, yeah. <laughs> when the Rona is over, it, it's yeah. fun having, having like this this community that we're in because it feels just like a giant party, you know, where everybody just knows each other and like right. well, talk to anybody. It's weird. It's like it's like a reality television show that you're participating in. You can consume, you know, someone's content and then feel like you know them, and then you can mm-hmm. meet them, and then same, same. You can be making your content, your little window right. into your universe. But then you guys can actually like hang out and be like, wait, we're the characters and the, the things that we're watching. <laughs> it's this really weird world that very, we're in. Very surreal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I hope you guys have a, a good rest of your day. I, I appreciate you uh, taking the time. And yeah, of course, uh, man. For Thank sure. You. Yeah. Well, you're well, like, you're like, oh, I didn't hit record. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we got you guys down for like another that. hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, you enjoy yeah. your day too. All right, appreciate it, guys. Have yeah, a good one. Right, cool. man. You too. Peace out, dude. Later. See ya. Thank you so much for listening to the Starting From Zero podcast. Go check out Methodbox on social media on all platforms as at Methodbox. And a big thank you to Jonathan and Nathan for sharing their story. If you want to check out more from the Starting From Zero project, all you have to do is search Starting From Zero. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.